Hello, this is Scary Jerry. I just want to take a second and give you guys all a trigger warning. The following deals with the subjects of suicide and drug use. If that's not for you, please feel free to skip this episode. Thank you. Just a quick note to all my listeners out there. Sorry for the long absence in between. I had a lot of stuff going on in my personal life. Um, I will try to get some episodes out in a little more timely fashion for you. Anyway, I hope you enjoy. Have you ever wondered why life is so depressing? Why everything seems so hard? Well, it's because there's darkness in everything. Welcome to Demented Darkness. I'm your host, Scary Jerry. Tonight's episode, we follow a person through their life story and beyond to find the demented darkness. All my life, I remember being different. My earliest memories. I always felt out of place. Kind of a little bit like a square peg in a round hole, if you know what I mean. I remember being in, oh, I don't know, first or second grade. And... I had a teacher, a sadistic, evil bitch who, if you didn't conform to what society said was normal, would humiliate you in front of class. I was one of those kids that was always looking out the window, always had a hard time sitting still, and this was in the days before ADD, ADHD, anxiety. It was when modern psychology was still in its infancy. And one day she decided to tie me with jump ropes to my chair because I wouldn't sit down. And it wasn't that I didn't want to, I couldn't. I couldn't sit there. I couldn't sit there to that mind-numbing droning on about adding and subtracting or sentence structuring or whatever the fuck it was we were learning at the time. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't sit there. I couldn't sit there and feel my brain go numb. I wasn't being disruptive, mind you. I just couldn't sit down. So that bitch made me sit down. And like any 
normal person. When she tied me to my chair, I freaked the fuck out. I started bawling, carrying on. Well, guess what all my other classmates did? Rather than realize that she was the psychotic crazy bitch for tying a fucking seven-year-old to a chair, they took their aggressions out on me. I was instantly the outcast. I was instantly the one who was a freak, a psycho, a skits, a spaz. The bullying, the taunting, the friendships that never happened were constant to me. I remember once when I was in, oh, I don't know, third or fourth grade, getting off the school bus and walking home. I lived on a very busy road, you see, and I thought about how easy it would be to jump out in front of one of those huge semis that go speeding past. It wouldn't take much, just a second just a jump, but I don't even think it would hurt. I think it would all be over too fast, and I would just be a red greasy smear on the highway. But anyways, as my time progressed in school, I had a few people that I thought were friends, but when they matured and moved on, I still wanted to play G.I. Joe and He-Man. It was very rough when people I thought were my best friends no longer wanted to associate with me. When I would call them up and say, hey, do you want to hang out? They would always find an excuse. Oh, no, I'm busy. Oh, no, I'm this. Oh, no, I'm that. When we would go to lunch, I suddenly found myself on a table that was empty because no one wanted to sit with the freak. I was diagnosed with ADD, not ADHD. I was not hyper. I just could not concentrate on anything unless I wanted to. I could sit and play Mario Brothers for hours, but ask me to do a sheet of 10 math problems and it would take me forever because I didn't want to do it. People don't understand that when your brain works the way that mine does, you don't purposely not want to pay attention. It's just if it's something you don't want to do, you space out. There were great chunks of my life that I spaced out. As I progressed through elementary school and into middle school, it only got worse. I started meeting kids from other schools, other places, and it didn't take long for them to figure out that I was not the cool kid. I was not the one that they wanted to hang out with. There was one guy, his name was Nate. We actually became pretty good friends through middle school. 
We hung out a lot, played video games, snuck sips of his dad's whiskey, peeked at his dad's porno stash, you know, typical preteen stuff, early teen stuff. I was a freshman in high school when Nate stopped hanging out with me. I asked him why one day. He said because he had heard that I started smoking cigarettes. I did start smoking cigarettes because when I got in high school, there was a group of kids. We used to call them stoners. They didn't really smoke weed, but we called them stoners. They were not the good crowd. They were not the ones that you would want to hang around with. But I was so desperate for acceptance, so desperate for companionship, that I found myself hanging out with them, skipping class to sneak behind the shop building and smoke cigarettes. Anyway, Nate said that he didn't, rather than being a good friend, he didn't want to be friends anymore. I hated my life. I had no friends, no real friends anyways. I had no prospects for a girlfriend, although believe me, I wanted to. I looked at nudie magazines a lot. I discovered self-love. Somebody else found it out and then I became the jerk off. Everybody would just call me, hey, jerk off. Like they don't do it too. But I was an easy scapegoat for them and their miserable fucking lives. One day when I was a freshman, I went into the bathroom and unspooled the entire roll of paper towels from the dispenser, piled it up all over, and spooled all the toilet paper, lit a match, threw it in, and walked away. Don't worry, the school didn't burn down, but you see, I was one of those kids that even though I had these horrible thoughts, no one ever suspected me. There was another guy, Eric. He was a bad kid. They blamed him. He got expelled last I heard. His path in life brought him into pedophilia. And I heard he was in San Quentin serving time. At least until the other inmates get a hold of him. But I don't care. And now for a word from our sponsor. Use Viagra. Do you suffer from a tiny penis? Do you suffer from erectile dysfunction? Do you have trouble satisfying your lady at night? Well, just use Viagra. 
it will get the job done. Soon you'll be a stallion. You'll have an 18 inch long cock that's six inches around. You won't have to worry about having things like personality or a sense of humor because you'll be a stallion. Ooh, just think of it now. The women will be lining up to ride your horse cock. They will love going down on that mountain of manhood you've got between your legs. And all for the affordable price of six installments of $19.99 plus shipping and handle. Please enjoy responsibly. If you have an erection that lasts longer than four hours, please seek as many available women as possible until the feeling subsides. Warning, possible side effects may include nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, profuse anal bleeding, and psychotic episodes. Enjoy Viagra today. Please use responsibly. There wasn't a day in high school that I didn't think about killing myself. Just putting the end to it and being done. Because if this was life, what was the point? I discovered religion at some point. Started going to youth group with my cousin. He was one that I thought was my best friend. He was the best man at my wedding. Growing up, he was the one constant in my life. Although, when we were young, we went into his dad's truck shop and pumped about $600 worth of oil on the ground because we thought it was cool. He didn't talk to me for almost a year after that because he got in trouble. When I was a senior in high school, the summer between my junior and senior year to be exact, I met my first. She was beautiful. She was short, thin, dark hair, glasses. She was my first kiss, my first fuck. Her father didn't like me. He must have had some sort of radar against freaks. She told me on my birthday that she no longer wanted to see me. And then I found out that nearly the whole time she was fucking my best friend, not my cousin. I call him my best friend, but he was a guy I used to hang out with. His name was Chad. She was fucking him almost the entire time we were together. That's why women are bitches in my life. Women. (laughs) They're dirt. 
nothing means anything. It's all pointless. I spent a couple years after high school drifting around, working bullshit jobs, Walmart, fast food, Burger King, McDonald's and the like. I didn't have any goals, except when the next time I could get a bottle of booze or score a quarter of some nice green, which at the time was, we called it Mexican dirt weed. Not very good stuff at all. Then a friend of mine that I worked with, I say friend, but more like a coworker. I don't really have friends, have acquaintances. Makes things easier when you say friend. People trust you more. Anyway, he was a roommate. And there was this gal that he really liked. But he didn't have the fucking cojones to ask her out. So I said to him one day, I said, you know what? It's easy, like this. And I walked up to her and I said, hey, you want to go out Friday night? And to my complete shock and dismay, she said yes. Little did I know that that night I would plant a seed in her. Nine months later, almost to the day we were married. Life became a drudgery when other people my age were turning 21, going out, living life. I was working, dying a little bit inside each day. The first time I legitimately tried to commit suicide, I, sw I didn't know what I was doing, so I swallowed about 250 ibuprofen thinking that would do it. All it did was make me sleep for 14 hours and not pee for two days. We bought a house, lived in it for a couple of years while well, she squirted out a couple more kids, kids that I can't stand. I can't stand anything about this life squirted them out one right after another because if I was depressed at least I was getting my dick wet then we lost the house the state came and took the kids which they're better off to be without me anyways We spent a long time living in a van down by the river. Although we didn't even get the luxury of government cheese. My life was gray. And I slowly lost connection with anything real and meaningful. They found my wife floating in the river. 
I don't even remember if I put her in and held her head under the water, watching the light go out of her eyes. Or if I just wanted to. All I remember is we got in a very bad fight. And the next morning she was in the river. I was cleared of any wrongdoing, so maybe it was just a dark fantasy of mine, but either way I was free of the witch. I found out some years later that one of my children had gone on to become a doctor and one had become a lawyer. One had become a crack whore, whereabouts unknown. She had a little bit too much of her mother in her. And one, I don't even know where the fuck they are. I tried to make contact. They very unpolitely told me to fuck off. I spent my entire life bouncing from job to job. Meaningless drudgery for minimum pay. Never amounting to anything. All of my parents' hopes and dreams flushed down the toilet. I was 36 the first time I tried heroin. Anything to try to kill the pain. The pain of living. Unfortunately, I never overdosed. I started committing crimes to steal money, to steal valuables that I could pawn for money, just to get my next fix so that for a little while I could forget about how much life sucked. The last time I remember, I had broke into this person's house. I thought they were gone, but they surprised me. I fired five shots into a 10 year old girl. The shots alerted the neighborhood because it was a nice neighborhood. It wasn't long before the house was surrounded. I see no alternative. The police had a negotiator at the front door trying to talk me into going and spending the rest of my miserable existence in prison, getting ass raped for killing a child if I even survived, 
Part of me wanted to let it happen. Part of me felt like it deserved to happen. They never found out about my first love when I found out she had cheated on me. I had started her house on fire while her and her asshole dad were in there. Although I had nailed the windows and the doors shut while they were sleeping. They never caught me for that. They never caught me for Eric and his matches in high school burning down the school. As I sat there and the police negotiator was trying to talk me off the ledge. Figuratively, I was sitting quite comfortably in an easy chair. Covered in blood splatter. With one left in the chamber. Trying to talk me out. That was when I stuck the barrel of the gun in my mouth and squeezed the trigger. Bang! I was floating in white space. Electrodes popped off my arms. Air's hi air hissed. A section of the white in front of me opened into a room. When I came out of the room, the lab assistant said, would you give Life Simulation 3.0 a five-star rating, please? Your credits have been applied Perhaps next time you will last better. Who knew? An entire lifetime of agony was just a fucking video game. This is Scary Jerry. I hope you've enjoyed this little soiree into the darkness. Sometimes you might find out that everything you knew, everything you thought you knew, was just a lie, just a game. Well, If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to give me a five-star rating on whatever podcast launcher you're listening to. If you would like to send me your death threats, hate mail, and or positive feedback, story ideas, anything you'd like, feel free to contact me at the demented darkness at gmail.com and as always 
don't let the darkness in.